making that shift of going like, you know what, I'm going to stop really caring what everybody else thinks. And I'm going to stop seeing myself that way. And I'm going to walk into a room like I own the place and you know, we'll figure the rest out later if anybody asks. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make epic differences in our lives and at work. I'll introduce our guest, who is someone I admire and am honored to have on the show, Mark Enzyme. He's, uh, well, before I say something, we had such an incredible talk. We talked on this one walk at HubSpot in Boston years ago, and it just left an impression on me. We were just talking before we actually got on the recording about that talk, and I can't wait to uh, bring that up and, and about what he told me that just left that impression. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, he's a prolific storyteller, creative marketer, and accomplished musician. Not just any musician, we'll talk about that too. After spending more than 10 years playing bass in the Broadway show Rent, Mark learned that he had a gift for marketing and a desire to leverage that gift to, the, to change the world. The result is Loudmouse, a branding and marketing agency that specializes in turning big ideas into worldwide movements. One of those big ideas is Mark's newest book entitled, yes, it's correct, I'm going to say this right, Be a Dick. How One Person Can Change the World in the Most Unexpected Ways, which is shifting the way people see the impact they can make on, on others. So that's exactly why I needed you on the show, Mark. You're shifting the way that other people can see each other. What better topic than that to be on a show about how we, how we shift? Um, I, I would love to, first of all, just to say hi and, and how are you doing? And thank you so much for being on the show. I'm doing great. It's and, and thank you for thanks for reaching out and, and inviting me out uh, to talk to you. You know, I always love. I, I mean, like I said, we you, we laughed because I could sit here all day and we can just chew each other's ear off for the you know for the entire afternoon. Yeah, Mark and I have a little uh, funny back and forth on social media. Um, when I see a comment from from him, I just know like right away it's going to be a fun banter. Like there is no. <laughs> There's no serious. Well, at least there is every once in a while, but for the most part, okay, this is going to be game time. Every time Mark is Mark is talking, we get to have some fun, and I always look forward to that because um, humor humor is like one of your your traits. Like that's where you kind of like. I think that's where you kind of come from. Has that always been that way? Yeah, I mean, I've I've always kind of seen uh, seen the world in a bit of a cockeyed way, and uh, and I'm just and I'm really good at at, at um, if I do say so, uh, I'm really good at at, at at kind of verbalizing that. It's it's why like Twitter was my favorite place in the world, and it's still uh, like it's still so disheartening that nobody really you know it, it isn't really uh, as big of a communication tool as it, as much as it's a listening tool now. Um, because man, that was, that was it for me. Like I could spend, I think in 140 characters or 280 characters. So, so, uh, that was one of my favorite places. Yeah, that's, uh, it's certainly, um, I, I, I agree. 
I agree. It's it's definitely a place that um, I thought would be a different, you know, something something that would have staying power. Um, your um, your your book the uh, is is an, an incredible. I, I do want to get into it, but I kind of want to start from the beginning and just and just go right into it. Love to know as early on as you're willing to share. Um, what is one thing that felt small at the time for you that felt um, you know, so it could be small, medium, or, or even large, but it ended up being a big shift for you. Um, so something that that felt very small that ended up being a big shift. I, I think the the first thing that comes to mind, and this might not be the the, the proper way to answer the question, but was uh, was me. You know, I I grew up uh, seeing myself as being very small and and uh, wanting to make a difference, really having this desire to to uh to matter to you know to to mean something in the world um and and i just always saw myself as being very small and not not having you know not mattering not you know when i would show up to you know uh to to school i was not the popular kid uh when i showed up um you know, in, in uh, college, I was not the best student. Uh, when I, you know, when I got, you know, the big gig, I was never the best one in the band. Like I, I always, you know, and, and, and it wasn't until I really realized like, wow, this is all just going on in my head. Like, this is something that like, I've decided that this is how I show up. And so, you know, I show up that way. Um, and, and making that shift of going like, you know what, I'm going to stop really caring what everybody else thinks. And I'm going to stop seeing myself that way. And I'm going to walk into a room like I own the place and, you know, we'll figure the rest out later if anybody asks. And uh, that little shift made such a difference because... You know, we talk about you know me showing up and you know cracking jokes and being fun and funny or whatever on social media. I couldn't have done that twenty years ago. I wasn't that person twenty years ago, twenty five years ago. I was, you know, I, I just was small. Like I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have the power that I think I. I didn't realize the power that I really did have. I think like we all have. I'm I'm curious. Before I move on, I, how has that informed who you are today? Um. I uh, that making that shift of of deciding that it didn't matter what people think uh, Mm. allows me to be incredibly vulnerable and authentic to who I am. Mm. Um, I share stuff that uh, would you know probably make some people's skin crawl. um, You know uh, because it's uh, I I probably share more of my failures than my successes Um, in in the book. The book is mostly about this struggle that I had with with trying to you know kind of find myself and trying to um, uh, and, and and trying to recognize how to you know how to how to make a difference in this world how to stand out from other people um, and so uh, I I couldn't have shared a lot of that stuff I think if I if I cared so much about what other people thought. And it still does creep in. Like it's not like I'm just you know running around jumping on tables and singing at the Chipotle, you know, or anything, <laughs> or anything like that. Like it, you know, it still does show up. It's just, um, I, you know, I just, I just kind of acknowledge it and move and move forward. If it if it gives me those butterflies, like I kind of challenge myself to do it. You um, you obviously you became a musician um, long before you showed up at on Broadway, which, um, I, you know, we've talked about on, you've been on another uh, show with me on my, on a previous podcast, um, uh, which is great to have you back. But I, um, um, and I want to, I want to bring that up again just for new listeners, but I, um, 
getting into music, where did music play a part in your life and in part of the shifts that you've seen? Um, I started playing music in third grade, so it was very early on. And and um, and the the funny thing about that is, uh, at third grade, they had an assembly and said, "Pick an instrument that you want to play." And so I was like, "Well, I want to play sax because sax looked really cool." Like they had they had somebody on every instrument that kind of you know demoed it for you. And um, and so I was like, "Well, if I'm gonna you know if I'm gonna pick an instrument, I'm gonna pick the sax because that's that just seems like a really cool one that goes well with sunglasses and." stuff and so when it was my turn i was like i'll have a saxophone please and they're like oh we're all out of saxophones here's the trombone and i was like oh <laughs> and so now i have this this wonky trombone that i that, that i'm stuck playing and i'm you know and i'm just and, and like and, and and i'm staring at the sax player who's having the time of his life and i'm and you know <laughs> i'm in the back trying to slide this thing around and, uh, you know, but it came to me really easily and, uh, you know, but I got made fun of a lot. And so I decided that I was like, well, I'm going to play guitar. Cause you know, once I got, once I was like in fifth or sixth grade. And so my parents got me a guitar and I played guitar and I was really bad at that. It didn't really come to me very easily. And then I said, well, I should play piano because guitar isn't working out. So my parents bought me a keyboard and I learned playing keyboard. And then, you know, that was when Van Halen, uh, uh, 1984 came out. So I was playing, I knew how to play jump and like one other song. And uh, I think it was Home Sweet Home by Molly Crew was, <laughs> was like the other one. And, uh, and then I sucked at that one too. And so I said, you know what? It's bass. Bass is the instrument that I was I was born to play. Trust me on this one. You know, fifth times a charm or whatever it was. And um, so my parents said no. They're, they're like, no, we bought you the trombone, we bought you the the guitar, we bought you the keyboard. Enough. We're done buying the instruments. So I got a I got a paper route, and uh, at nine hundred dollars later, I saved up for a Kramer Spectre bass. And uh, I bought my first bass, and it was one of those things. It was just like if I went, you know, I paid for this out of my own cash. Like I am taking this thing as far as it can go because <laughs> because I paid for it, and I practiced, and I you know, and it came very easily to me. And I took lessons, and and eventually took it off to college, and then made my way onto Broadway with it. You didn't just make your way into Broadway; you worked hard to get into yeah. it. Like that, and and I, I mean. You know, in a, in a, how, tell, tell me, tell me again, like what the, a uh, little bit of the condensed version, like how did you get yourself into Broadway? So this was, it's this whole ordeal started in 1995, 96, something like that. So there really wasn't much of an internet. I think we had AOL CDs. And so I could create like a little mini website or something the like that. Or message board. Yeah. Like there were, but there was, there, there, were, it's not like it was of any use unless you're, you know, sitting on message boards, you know, I don't know, uh, doing things you probably should be doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I started by going into the city every day and collecting playbills from each of the shows. And uh, so I collect, you know, I, I ended up getting a dozen or two dozen playbills, you know, probably 15 shows or something like that in New York at the time. And uh, then I wasn't able to get in the union yet because I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have a show and I didn't have a reason to be in the union. And they were like weird about that. Like you couldn't either, you know, it was a catch 22. You had to be in the union to have a show. You had to, you know, uh, have a show to be in the union. And, uh, and so I stole a phone book from the bus station and just started cold calling people, um, until I figured like I, I played this game of collecting nose and, you know, if, and, uh, I would, I wouldn't be able to do anything else that day until 10 people told me no or hung up on me. 
And it happened pretty fast. Like people told me no and hung up on me like within the first 10, 15 minutes of my day. And then I was able to move along. And the idea was eventually somebody would, would say maybe or say yes or give me something. And, uh, and so I, you know, I got a little bit of a foot in the door. Somebody had, uh, you know, told me to focus on bass players and, and ended up getting me into the union. And, uh, and so now I start contacting bass players. Nobody would give me the time of day after a while. People stopped calling me back and, and, uh, there was no room for me. I was, I was, I didn't have any experience. I didn't know, have any connections. I was fresh out of college. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just, I was just bugging people because it kept me, you know, because it kept that dream alive. And uh, when nobody would call me back, I, I I ran around telling everybody that I was writing an article for Bass Player Magazine um, with this idea that they would want to be my friend <laughs> because I was writing for the magazine. And I wasn't writing for the magazine, and uh, you know, but they didn't need to know that. And so uh, I, I gave everybody gave me time to interview them and introduce me to the rest of the band, gave me copies of the music. Um, you know, let me watch the show from the pit. Like, and I became like the guy that knew all the Broadway musicians. It was amazing uh, until about a month or two later when they when everybody started calling and saying like, Hey, where's the article? And so, so now I had to do that same approach to bass player magazine to, to convince them to buy this article. Uh, or like, I just wanted to print it. I didn't even, don't even give me any money. They ended up paying me 350 bucks and um, I wrote the article and uh, and the article came out. And I shared it with everybody, and and uh, then asked him if I could sub the show, and they felt that that was like a little bit of a, you know, a slap in the face because uh, oh, so that's why you were writing the article so you can get into the show, and uh, and there was one guy that was just very uh, you know very kind and very uh, supportive and just just uh, just elated that I wrote this article. So I went out to dinner with him, only to find out that his dad was this unsung hero of a bass player and. Um, ended up writing an article about his dad, and uh, lo and behold, he was the bass player for Rent, and asked me if I would like to sub, and that was uh, my first time on Broadway. Um, he gave me two months to learn the show, and there was no rehearsal. There's no, uh, there's, they don't slot you in. Nothing, you know. All of a sudden, you just wake up one morning and you head into the city and with your stuff, and you're on Broadway. And uh, and that's how it happens. Um, and and wow. uh, and so and I and I worked twice as hard to learn and be prepared for that show than I did to get that show. And you know, it took me two years to get the show. And then when I finally did get it, I that's all I would listen to. It's all I practiced. I quit every job I had. Like, and all I did was was rent uh, three times a day. Wow! And um, you paid your rent to get into rent. <laughs> I definitely paid my. I'm sure, you never heard that rent. one before. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I admire you on so many levels. Um, there's so many things that you stand for and it just emanates from you and how you approach things and it, the energy that you put out into the world and how you, um, how you create things, um, it's, it comes from a good place. And that's, that's what I admire the most is because you're, when you see something, you head for it, but you, you do it with this, uh, genuineness. And I mean, aside from actually not representing the magazine itself, uh, I guess (laughs) maybe, but, um, but, but there's, um, 
And and then on the flip side, it's kind of funny that you actually were a content marketer ahead of even being and uh, owning a marketing agency years later. Yeah, because this was kind 90, of funny. This is ninety seven, ninety. I was I was in into content marketing and personal branding before it was cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then here you are doing exactly that. Um, yeah, you know, I I do think that you know you helped uh, shape your own story. You you created your own personal brand, you did it all without knowing you were doing it. And you, you proved that, um, that you can create these little, little shifts that can create some pretty epic outcomes in, in your own life. How did that evolve now into, into this book? Um, Dick is a real guy. Yeah. Uh, he lives near you and that took off from there. Uh, tell us about it. Sure. So um, I was living in New Jersey at the time and I woke up one morning and just decided that, um, you know, I, 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 I was, you know, I, I had kind of, I felt like I'd woken up from, from a deep sleep. Um, I had started my marketing company. Things were going well. There, the business was doing good. We had employees that were doing stuff. And, and now, you know, if you think in terms of, of, a, of a, um, a merry-go-round that stopped, if you had to manually turn it, like it put, takes a lot of effort and a lot of pushing to get this thing to start turning. But eventually, it just requires you standing there and every you know, 30 seconds, just giving it another little push. And that's where I had come to. I had gotten to this point where I was just standing around and then every 30 seconds, Give it a little shove, and then I just stood around for a little another thirty seconds, and uh, and I kind of equated that with like, what am I doing? Like like I you know here I was I was this kid that was that that would you know used to go to bed wearing a cape every night, you know dreaming about changing the world, and what do I have to show for it? I had a friend of mine who built an orphanage in uh, the Dominican Republic. I had another friend of mine that that walked three thousand miles and raised like one hundred and fifty grand or something like that for for uh, a good cause for. You know, and I had all these people in my life that were doing these extraordinary things, and um, and I had nothing. And forget the fact that I was on Broadway and I started a company and I employed people and I was a good person and all that. Like none of that mattered. It was just wasn't good enough uh, because I had all these other people that were doing these big extraordinary things. And uh, and so you know, I figured I needed a change, and so I convinced my my wife to sell everything we own and to move uh, to Tampa, Florida, from New Jersey. Uh, so make this twelve hundred mile leap, uh, sight unseen, pack up your stuff, let's go. And uh, because if I'm going to change the world. It's it's not going to happen in New Jersey, so we got to we got to go somewhere else. And we landed in Tampa. And uh, as soon as I hit the house and walked through the front door and looked around, and you know, and and uh, seeing this new home for the first time, um, I, I panicked and uh, I had this meltdown of like, what have I done? Like, I I've, I've done this terrible thing, and now I have. Um, I can't even go back. I sold my house up in New Jersey. Like I got, you know, I got nothing. Now I, I this is the biggest mistake I've ever made, and there's no way to turn it back. And so my wife was I drove her a little nuts about it. You know, with my, in the middle of my meltdown, she suggested that I I go out for a walk and take the kids with me to make sure I didn't run away. And um and so I went out for a walk, and that's when I met Dick. Uh, he's my neighbor. He lives down the street from me. 
And um, it was just this moment of chaos where I'm walking down the street and here's this old guy walking the opposite way with his dog. And he's just like, you know, and I've just kind of gave him the cool guy nod. Hi, uh, I don't want to talk to you. Um, I just, you know, just, just wave hi back and let's get this over with. And he stopped and he's like, and instantly got, you know, knelt down to eye level with my kids. And without even saying, you know, he gave me a hi and that was it. He just got into it with my kids. You know, hey, what are you guys doing here? You know, where are you from? Tell me about, you know, what do you, what, you know, my kids are chewing his ear off. And he was listening to him to a point where it occurred to me that like, wow, it never occurred to me to check in to see how the kids were doing with this move. I was so co- concerned and so focused on myself and what I was going through. I just assumed that they were fine and they weren't. And, uh, and he was like the first person to actually hear them in that, in that, in that moment. And, and that's kind of where we started. And, uh, and, you know, then, um, you know, the next day, uh, I, I ran into his wife and his, you know, if he was, uh, you know, this extraordinary guy, she was 10 times nicer. And, uh, they invited us into their house and they, you know, and, and then you're walking around like, well, he's a nice guy. He's got a great family. He's really kind to everybody, you know, and then you walk into his house and he's got a dozen Emmys on a shelf in the corner of the room. And you're like, oh, okay. And he's incredibly successful too. And, uh, and then, um, and then when you ask him about it, he was too humble to really tell you about, tell the, the story until I really got to know him. And so, so this went on for months of, of just following this guy around like a puppy dog. Um, and, and realizing in, with all these different stories and all these inter- different interactions with him that like, you know, I was at this really dark place and look what he, you know, like, look, Look how he's pulled me out of this to a point where I now have purpose and I'm, I'm following him around. I'm learning and I'm, and I'm like seeing this example of what life could be like and who, you know, the type of person you could be. And meanwhile, it's not like he had split the atom and he didn't, you know, it wasn't this, this, um, he didn't do anything extraordinary. He didn't build a, a, a you know, an orphanage in the Dominican Republic or walk 3,000 miles. He just, he had done, you know, it was just these little things, these little like micro acts of kindness and, and, um, you know, uh, and compassion and authenticity. And, um, it became life changing for me because then I started, like, that started rubbing off on me. And I started finding myself going out and, and trying to, you know, uh, measure up to, to what he had done. Um, and then the kicker for me, the, what, what changed everything was about two months after I had met him, uh, he came by my house because it was my birthday. And uh, he had seen on Facebook that it was my birthday. And he had gotten all the Emmys as, as a sports producer for you know a couple of major sports networks. And uh, he was retired, but he still liked to produce the Little League World Series uh, because that was like one, you know, just a love of his. And, uh, and so he had just gotten back from, I think it was Pennsylvania, where he was doing the Little League World Series. And he knew, knowing that I was a Red Sox fan, he had gotten a baseball that was autographed by Nomar Garcia Parra and a bunch of other retired Red Sox players that were at the game and he walked around the stadium and in the booth and got everybody on the Red Sox to sign this baseball for me as a gift. And his reasoning was because you've only been down here for, for a few months and I know that you're, you're going to be celebrating without, um, without your family, without your parents and your friends and everything else. So I thought this might lessen the blow. And, uh, and so and then he left and I'm holding this baseball like in tears because like, like that's that's how I want to show up in this world. Like I want to be able to leave a room like that, 
you know, like I want to, I want to, I want to do something for somebody that is unforgettable that makes somebody just have to sit down for a second. And, um, and so that's, that, that was the moment where everything for me changed where I was like, okay, well, let's, really take this thing apart. Let's see what, what, you know, and, and I couldn't come up with a single extraordinary thing that he had done. That was just like that. I couldn't just get out and do right now. I can go out to the supermarket and I could talk to anybody I want to talk to and make them feel good. I can help anybody uh, unload their, their packages into their car and I can uh, be kinder, more compassionate to my, to my kids or to somebody else's kids. Or I could be a little more authentic, more vulnerable. I could, you know, there's all these things that he was doing that um you know i could be more humble and that that i that um we're all born with but we just don't do anymore we just it just kind of you know like like it you know we have this idea that you have to do something great and meanwhile uh this you know these little acts these little things add up so much bigger to something so much bigger than those you know once in a while great things that people do oh my god i'm sitting here and like my heart is just just like <laughs> Oh my God, this is an amazing man. And, uh, it, the, the thing I'm taking away from that and the, what I love the most is that he probably filled you up more than the bigger things. Um, the experience of that moment is better than, uh, you know, uh, um, something that might have had a hundred people around or, you know, um, um, a, a major event of being at something with, uh, you know, 50 to 75 to a hundred people or, you know what I mean? Like something, yeah. it, it just, um, you know, it, it really like the emotional intelligence of what happened or what took place is, is important. And I love how you named your, your chapters cause they're so simple. Um, and, yeah. and the content that you put in there is so, um, uh, so easy to understand and, uh, and applicable, um, you know, it, it, that you could, you could go and do this stuff today and create these things. Um, it's not, it's not that you have to go and do these as a step-by-step process and program and do this like big Buddha process and be this thing and accomplish all these things in your life and go create and, you know, all this stuff and then complicate it. And before you know it, you're just overwhelmed and you don't know where to start. And so what you've done right. is you've taken like this big complicated world and said, what if we just do this one tiny little act and that could make the world's difference in somebody's life? Did I just, yeah, I mean, did I just kind of. It, that's exactly it. Like, like I, there's, there's no worksheet that like, I, I don't need to create a worksheet or create a bunch of exercises and to do items and, uh, you know, a, 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 a 45 minute course, uh, on how to be kind. You already know. And you, you know, you know, when you're not kind and you know, when you're kind, you know, when you're compassionate, and you know, when you're not, you know, when you're humble and you know, when you're like, like it, this isn't rocket science. And, um, but what we do need is we need a reminder. We need something to, you know, to kind of jolt you into that, into that place. Like this is basically a, a Mr. Rogers kind of story. Um, you know, like a true to life Mr. Rogers in, in, in my, world but 
Um, what makes it so uh, intriguing, uh, and you know, is that um, it's it's just so memorable because of the name. Like this is this is the uh, this is where all my worlds kind of came and collided into one spot. Where the marketing aspect of like like I mean, what a gift! The guy's name was Dick. Like it, it just it just couldn't have worked out. It couldn't have been any better. Like that's his name. Like that's you know, and and uh, and he's this extraordinary guy. And you know, and 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 so so you know, part of that marketing thing took over. And um, it packaged this idea of being a good neighbor, being a good person, into something that's kind of cool, and something that's funny, and something that is uh, memorable. Um, and and I wasn't sure how it was going to go over, or what it was going to mean to anybody. It meant a lot to me, but I didn't know if that would mean anything to anybody else. And so, when I first got the books in the mail, I sent one to my dad. And uh, my dad's going through stage four bone cancer right now, and. Um, and so he was at the doctor and he's reading this book, which in and of itself is, I think is hilarious that he's reading this book, be a dick at, at, at the doctor's office. And, uh, and so he notices that there's a lady across the, uh, across the room in the, in the waiting room who was uh, older uh, and was having a really hard time getting out of her chair. And he jumped out of his seat, hobbled over to her uh, because the, the cancer's in his hip. So he has a hard time walking. And so he hobbled over to her and grabbed her walker and helped her up and set her up and helped her out the door. Um, that in and of itself is like an extraordinary move. But, but what you don't know is that my dad is not that kind of person. Uh, he's, he'll give you the shirt off his back, but you have to ask him. He's just not that observant in terms of like, you know, he'll sit there and watch a struggle for an hour. And then if you like, hey, can you come over here and please help me? And he goes, oh yeah, sure. Why didn't you ask? You know, <laughs> you know, and so um, when he sat back down, he grabbed the book. He's like, wow, I was just a dick. And he called me up and he's just like, yeah, I can't believe this. I was just a dick. And here's what happened. And he's like, I've never done that before. I've never been sitting there. And then all of a sudden jumped up and, you know, put somebody else's needs in that moment first. And, and, you know, took that on. And, uh, and, and, and the, the, the cool thing about that is you have a woman that, that was having a hard time getting out of her chair. That's tough. That's depressing. That's hard for her. I mean, it's, 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 um, you know, this was a once vibrant person that now can't get out of a chair. And it's and and I'm sure it's hard to ask for help every time you have to get out of a chair. So when somebody gets up and does it without being asked, it it saves you from having to be the one that says, "Hey, can somebody please help me over here? I'm struggling. Or I can't get up or risk falling or whatever." Um, and so so to so to do something that saves somebody from having to be in that position is uh, that is being a dick like that's that's you know not because you were asked to help but because you jumped in and helped somebody. How have you seen, Mark, have you seen this now maybe make shifts in your own life after adopting this awareness? Um, perhaps you, you've now seen it. You're more aware of situations and you can bring you, you are more thoughtful. You're more generous. You're more authentic. You're more present. These are all the chapter titles, by the way. Um, you're, you're more forgiving. You're more grateful, vulnerable. You're, you're now aware of all these things. You're bringing this more into your life. What are you seeing show up? Um, I think I think I go through life a lot more aware, um, and I'm a lot more observant of other people, and uh, and um, 
I try a lot harder, you know, because it's at the front of my mind. And, and so like, and the funny thing, I was talking to somebody else, like, and, and, you know, like, I don't know if I could do that all the time. And I'm like, oh no, don't get me wrong. Like I am a uh, dick with a capital D probably 70% of the time. And then 30% of the time it's a lowercase D, you know, <laughs> and that's just, you know, but like I catch myself and, um, and, and so, uh, so I, you, you know, like, like I, I recognize it, whereas before I would just steamroll over something or somebody or whatever and not even think about it versus now, um, you know, I, like I'm just more aware. Um, it, it shows up more when even like, you know, whether it's in my real life, you know, as far as like interacting with my family and my friends and, and they're just complete strangers at the, uh, um, at the, uh, at the store and it shows up, uh, on social media, like just when I'm, you know, seeing what other people are doing or going through or, or responding and, you know, and, and trying to bring in a little more joy. Um, you know, and, but at the same time, also, you know, being uh, an ear to listen to people. Um, a lot of times I'm not even responding to people. I'm just hearing what they're saying, just, just, you know, and just acknowledging and, and actually reading their status, not looking for, you know, all right, somebody posted something, only like it so they could see that I'm here and maybe they'll buy something from me you know you know like i'm not you know i'm not seeing it as that um so so i think the number one thing is just that awareness uh that that the story is always in the front of my mind and it makes me aware to just be a better person whenever you know every chance that i can get and as as you like is there are you seeing anything uh show up more for you i'm i'm happier and i'm so much more content yeah, you know, like like um, um, I can put my head on the pillow every night, and yeah. you know, and and not everything is is all you know rosy. I mean, we're going through we're going through um, uh, you know, the 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 pandemic and everything, just like everybody else. And yet, um, I would say that that uh, 2020 was one of the best years I've ever had. And yet, when you look at my income, I took a punch in the face because of the pandemic. Um, when you know you look at the difficulty of not being able to see anybody or do anything, or you know being trapped in the house, I have a wife who's an extrovert who is, just, you know, is killing me because she, you know, she just wants nothing more than to see people, and you know we wouldn't, we weren't able to. Uh, and yet, um, I felt good. You know, like, like, I, I like just, uh, just applying this stuff and going, okay, let me, let me just because it's easy, it's easy to do. It's easy to wake up in the morning and just going like, okay, you know what? I'm going to like, what can I do today that would be kind? Uh, because I'm not feeling it today or I don't feel great today. So like, let me start splashing around in other people's lives a little bit and, and uh, throw something out there and, and see if I can uh, create something. Um, I love that. What, what a great way to kind of close out. Be a dick and you'll feel better. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And it's just, and, and so, um, you know, and, and, and when the book came out and hearing from people, uh, you know, people like you and, and other people that I really admire, uh, say, you know, say nice things about it or whatever, it just, um, it just was such a great reminder that like, okay, this was, you know, uh, this is needed. This is, this is exactly what we need right now. And, uh, and it just, it just feels good to be able to, to be able to bring that and talk about it and, uh, to be able to, you know, uh, shine a light on, on, uh, this well-deserved hero in my life, uh, my neighbor. Yeah. Well, um, you, congratulations. Um, getting a book out is like, uh, you know, a different kind of birth. And, uh, and so, uh, 
so congrats to that and and for getting your story out too. While it was his story, it was also your own and your own journey and how that applies to you. And I, I like I said, I admire you in so many ways. And and getting this, uh, you know, your your uh, your journey out and everything that you've accomplished, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so excited to to be on this journey with you and watch you and see you grow and and everything that's to come. So, um, and thanks for being on the show. Really means a lot to me. Oh, thank you. That means, it means as much, if not more uh, for me, you know, to, to be here and, and to just to, to call you a friend, uh, you know, just means a lot. Ditto. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.